Hello, family, and good day, good evening, good morning. Whenever this message is meeting you, I want to greet you and I want to uh, wish you a happy new month. So, throughout this month, the month of March, we're going to be considering a very important topic, and it's going to be a series on evangelism. And we want to tag we tagged it evangelium. This the meaning of evangelium is understanding the gospel of Christ. So this month we are going to be concentrating on the gospel of Christ, understanding the gospel of Christ and spreading the gospel of Christ. You cannot spread what you don't understand. So we are going to pay attention to unravel what the true gospel of Christ is what we should be truly preaching whenever we go to preach the gospel and then and how we can be effective in spreading the gospel please this is so important <clears throat> excuse me forgive my voice this is so important and many many of us will need to understand that your relevance in time and eternity is is going to be a function of how much impact that you have made through the gospel or how much impact you have made in the lives of people through the gospel. I mean, there is so much that is going to go on in eternity. <clears throat> there is so much that is going to be talked about in eternity. There is a reward on earth and there is a reward on eternity. And many of those rewards are going to be tied to how much impact you've had on humans on the earth whilst you're on the earth. How much impact you've had on your fellow your neighbors, your friends, your relations, how much impact, how how were you of relevance to their, their faith? How were you able to affect their belief in Christ? How were you able to influence their commitment to the Lord? All of these things are going to be um, things to be accounted for in eternity. And heaven will take it so serious. So the Bible even said in the book of First Corinthians chapter 3 and from verse 16, if you read down, the Bible says, Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God gave her the increase. And why did you read that down? It says, no foundation has any man laid that that has been laid, which is Christ Jesus. And the Bible says, for everyone who builds must build with quality material. The Bible also said that, that, that for every man's work shall be tested and shall be revealed by fire. On the last day, and anyone whose work will stand will will stand the fire or will stand the test shall be rewarded. And those who will not withstand the test, the Bible says that such a one shall be redeemed, but his work shall be destroyed. No, what this is trying to tell you is trying to paint the picture of what will happen in eternity. How the fact that many people whose whose life on earth had no influence or impact on the lives of other people they were not able to win souls for the gospel for the kingdom of god they were not able to preach the gospel the real gospel they were not able to communicate the mind of god to the people to people so that they can come into the saving age of jesus the bible says that this this work that they have done on earth will be checkmated it will be checkmated on the day of eternity and the bible says it will be rewarded if your work was done was a quality job it's going to be rewarded on the day of eternity you you might not make lose heaven you might not miss heaven you will not miss heaven but your work will be rewarded your work will be tested and then there's going to be rewards there's going to be according to the scriptures there are actually crowns that are going to be given there's a crown of life there's a crown of 
there is a crown of victory. There's a crown, there are actually several crowns that are going to be given on the day we go to meet the Lord, the day of um on, on in eternity. There's so, so there's going to be so many rewards. But let me not go ahead of myself and talk about those rewards. I want to let you know that the whole reason for your existence, I mean the purpose for your creation, is to know Christ and to make Him known. And some people might wonder, what is this, or what is this about? What do you, what are you trying to say? Was Adam created to know God and to make Him known? I'm going to prove it to you from scriptures. The Bible says, and in the book of um, Genesis chapter one and verse twenty six says, "And God said, Let us make man in our own image, and in our likeness, and let us let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air. Let him have dominion over all this, all the all." The, the things that creepeth upon the earth and the verse 28 the says, and God blessed man and said to him be fruitful and multiply and have dominion over so the first the first verse verse 26 Genesis 1 verse 26 says let us create man in our own image and our own likeness so the reason for the creation of man was for man to reflect the image of God do you understand this so the essence for the creation of man was for man to reflect the image of God and the next reason for the for the creation of man was for man to have dominion and subdue the earth. In other words, man was created to reflect the image of God. And man was created to impose the image, the will and image and principle of God upon the earth. The Bible says, let him subdue the earth, let him have dominion upon, upon the earth. So, but, but he was first created to reflect the image of God. The image of God is made up of the principles of God, the precepts of God, the counsel of God, the will of God. This is the this is what makes up the image, the 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 the, the behavior, the pattern of God. So man was created to reflect the pattern of God, to carry the same pattern of God. And when he carries the same pattern of God, he the Bible says he will have dominion upon the earth and subdue it. He will pass on the same pattern of God upon the earth. That is the, the exact reason and the exact essence for the creation of man. And so having understand this, the only reason you are created, listen, the only reason you are created is for you to know Christ, to carry the image of Christ and for you to make him known, for you to pass on the same influence you have received from Christ to others, to the world. And so the Bible says in the book of Mark chapter Mark chapter 16 and verse 19 says, Go ye into the world and preach the gospel to all creations. So, having received the power of salvation, having received salvation, having known Jesus, your duty, your essence is to go and make him known. So, I'm going to say, I'm going to read the scripture to you. Very important. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 from verse 13. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 from verse 13. Very, very important scriptures. Very important scripture. I think I, I won't even stay, start reading from. Um, I might want to start reading from. Okay, let me let me just read because of okay. Please follow me closely. Don't be distracted. Just follow me closely. You're gonna be so blessed after tonight. So Ecclesiastes chapter twelve from verse twelve, it says, and further. By this, my son, be admonished of making many books, there is no end. And much study is a weariness of the flesh. Alright? 
I'm going to read message translation so to be clear. But regarding anything beyond this, dear friend, go easy. There is no end to the publishing of books and constant study wears you out. So you are no good for anything else. The last and final word is this. Fear God. Do what he tells you. Verse 14 said, and that's it. Eventually, God will bring everything that we do out in the, into the open and judge it according to its hidden intent, whether it's good or evil. So, so this is what the scripture is saying, but I think I have to read it in King James Version again so that you can understand clearly. He said, The whole duty of man says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. All right. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Whatever you are doing on earth, whatever you are doing on earth, after going to school, after doing all of the things you want to do on earth, it will not matter like this. After getting married, Building your house, having your business, buying your cars, doing everything you want to do, writing books, going, getting a master's degree, getting a PhD, becoming all that you want to, 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 to become. It won't matter as much as this. That's what the Bible says. It says, it won't matter as much as this. It says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. The real deal is that, that you should fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So this is the whole essence for your creation. This is the whole reason why you are created, that you fear God and keep his commandments. Verse 14. For God shall bring every work into judgment. That's on the last day. Because everything you're going to do on earth will only be relevant on the last day. It will matter on earth. It will, what you have done, all of the achievements you have made will not matter on earth. It will only matter on the last day. And will be tied you that all of the things you did were just for, for, for personal pride and personal aggravation and for you to feel good about yourself. Because on the last day, the Bible says, there will be judgment. Everything you've done in the secret and the open will be judged. You will, be account, you, are, you will have to account for it. You have to give account for it. And the Bible says the whole conclusion of the whole matter, the whole thing that will matter in eternity is that you are able to fear God and keep his commandments and do what he says you should do. So what, what, what does it mean to fear God? What, what it means to fear God is to revere God, is to show reverence to him, is to show um, um, a level of appreciation, reverence and recognition to God. That's what it means to fear God. To, to acknowledge God. That's what it means to fear God. To put him first in your life. That's what it means to fear God. And the Bible says to keep his commandments. And you know, there are a lot of commandments in scriptures. The Bible says one of the commandments that thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart and thou, thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, but another very important commandment, the Bible says that I have commanded you to go ye into the world and preach the gospel and make disciples of all nations. This is the book of Matthew chapter 28, the last chapter in the book of Matthew. The Bible says, go ye into the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit. This is the commandment of God. So one of the major commandments, apart from the fact that we should love him and love our neighbors, one of the major commandments is that we should preach the gospel. I hope this is getting clear to us. Preach the gospel. 
Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Says, go ye into the world. Mark 16 and verse 15. Go ye into all the world. He said to them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This is the this is a commandment. And the Bible says the whole duty of man is to fear God, to acknowledge God, to reverence God, you know, to recognize God, and then to keep his commandments. Everything you are doing on earth will not matter but this. All your years on earth will not matter but this. That you are able to acknowledge God, put God first in your life, and you are able to keep his commandments. One of which is that you should preach the gospel to all creations. That you should make him known. That you one of the commandments is that you must have dominion upon the earth and subdue the earth. Let the kingdom of man become the kingdom of God. So let me not go ahead of myself. Let me show you something very important. When you go to evangelize, you need to understand what you are doing. Having not, noted that your whole duty, your whole essence for creation is that you fear God and keep his commandment, is that you know God and make him known, is that you reflect the image of God, is that you carry the image of God and reflect the same image of God. That is your whole duty. That is, the, that is what purpose is about. That is what true purpose is about. So anything you are doing outside this, it's... Um, a waste of time. It could be a pursuit of ambition, but not a pursuit of purpose. Now, uh, how? What do? What do we really need to preach about? When we, when it comes to, when it comes to it, when it all comes boils down to preaching the gospel, what are we expected to preach? Many believers have this misconstrued. In fact, many of us, who, when we give our life to Christ, we give our life to Christ not sharing the gospel of Christ. We heard the gospel, a social gospel, maybe, oh, Jesus is going to bless you. Jesus is going to give you money. Jesus is going to be... This is, that is not the gospel of Christ. Some of you came to Christ because you, you, you heard that Jesus was going to heal you. But that's not just the gospel of Christ. Some of you came to the Lord... Because you heard of heaven, you heard of heaven and you heard of hell, and you were scared of going to hell. That is not the gospel of Christ. So, what really is the gospel of Christ? What really is the gospel of Christ? So, if you heard all of these gospels, all of these things being preached, and you didn't hear what I'm about to show you, then you have actually not heard the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ, the Bible says, is the power of God unto salvation. Romans 1 and verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. So the gospel of Christ is actually the power of God unto salvation. The preaching of the gospel is the preaching of the power of God. And who, what is the power of God? The Bible says, For Jesus was made unto us the wisdom of God and the power of God. So the power of God is Jesus. So the gospel of Christ is the preaching of the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the, and the resurrection of Jesus. This is the real gospel of Christ. Any other thing anybody preaches cannot get you saved. What will get you saved is 
the the, the, the belief in the life of Jesus, your belief in the life of Jesus, your belief in his death, and your belief in his resurrection. This is what gets you saved. So this is the real gospel. If you go to preach the gospel to people, this is what you should preach. This is why it's called good news. That someone lived and died for you and rose again for you. And now is available, is living inside of you. This is the gospel of Christ. And I want to show you more scriptures that validate what I'm saying. Hmm. The Bible says in John chapter 3 and verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. So what will get you saved or get you into eternal life is not the fear of hell, is not the fear of getting poor, is not the fear of getting dying out of sickness or because of sickness, it's not the fear of sickness. What will get you saved is believing in the Son of God, believing in Jesus, is the preaching of the gospel of Jesus, is the preaching of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. That is what will get you saved. Oh, yeah. The Bible says in the book of F, in the book of Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Sorry, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8. It says, For while we were yet in us, Christ died. For while we were yet in us, Christ died. Please let's see this quickly. Okay, let me read from verse 8. Okay. Okay, let's read. Um, from verse 7 okay Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 but God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us so the gospel of salvation the real gospel that we must preach is the gospel of the death of Christ The, the help of God in the helplessness of man. It says, even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It says, verse 9, it says, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through, from, from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life so this this message of salvation is purely a message of the power 
of substitution, of the substitution that took place when Jesus died and took our place in death and he and we took his place in life. This is the real gospel of salvation. This is what we need to be preaching. That Christ died for us. That Christ never, never, he never thought of the fact that we are sinners, never thought of the fact that we had we were in a mess, but he took upon himself the form of man. And the Bible says he was obedient unto death and he died our death. That we might now receive his life. That as many who believe in him, the Bible says, will not perish. As many who believe in his death will not perish. As many who believe he rose again and is alive will not perish, but will have everlasting life. So I, I want to show you exactly what, how people get saved. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. Romans 10, 9. It says, Romans 10 and verse 9. It says, um, With the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So how people get saved is that they believe in their hearts that Jesus died for them, and he was buried, and he rose again on the third day, and is alive, and is living inside of them. They must believe that Jesus actually died. Jesus took their pain. Jesus took their suffering. They had no contribution to their to salvation rather than their sinfulness that warranted salvation. That Jesus took their pain, took their, their, their sins to the grave and he died. When he died, their, their sins died. Their former life died. Their former imperfection died. And when he was buried, they were their former person, their former personality, their old man also was buried. Their sins were buried. Their mistakes were buried. And when he rose again, the Bible says, we also rose again with him. We rose again with him. We, we received a new life. As he came up, we are the ones who came up with him and received a new life. If we can understand and preach this message, then we can get more people saved. We can let, we can, we can help, we can make, speak people, bring people to understanding that their salvation is not by their efforts. Their salvation is the utter, utter intervention of, of God in humans' helplessness. It's a total divine program to salvage human helplessness. That's what salvation is. You don't have to do anything to get it. You just have to believe in Jesus. And this is very important because many people can just say, I believe in Jesus, you know, with their mouth. But it is not just a, a mouth thing. It is a heart thing. Alright? And so that is why the book of 1 John chapter 4 and verse 2 says, Anybody who confesseth that Jesus came in the flesh is the Spirit of God, is of God. But anyone who confesses that Jesus did not come in the flesh is an antichrist. What this is trying to tell you is that it's a proof that you truly believe that Jesus actually died for you is that you your spirit will confess i mean you will be able to confess the word confession does not just mean vo vo verbal or vocal confession it has to do with behavioral confession it has to do with behavioral lifestyle so to prove that you are truly saved your life must begin to align with the lifestyle of jesus do you understand what i'm saying you must believe that Jesus truly lived and you must live your life to, to suit the lifestyle of Jesus. 
Bible says, with the heart man believed unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So, with your heart you believe, and the Bible says, out of, out of, uh, uh, um, you, you can know a man, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And the Bible says that a man is known by the thoughts of his heart. So, you, if you truly believe in your heart, your, your lifestyle, your character, your behavior will align, you know, to suit the life of Christ, the lifestyle of Christ. And then, if you truly believe in your heart, your life will suit the life of Christ. And you don't have to do anything to make it work. You don't have to do anything to force it. You just need to believe that Jesus actually came and he died and he lived, he died. And when he died, your death was also registered. The death of your, your sins, the death of your weaknesses, the death of your pains, the death of your struggles were, was registered when Jesus died. And when he rose again, it was you who rose again, a new man in Christ Jesus. We need to preach to people. We need to tell them that God is not angry with their wickedness. He's not angry with them, actually. He's not angry with them. He's not angry with, their, with, 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 with the life that they're living. He's only angry with the sin that they are committing. And he has made provisions for that sin to be overcome. And the provision was his death. Because when he died, he had you in mind. He was, he was carrying you in his loins when he died. That's why the Bible calls him the firstborn amongst brethren. Because he had us in his loins. He was the first fruit amongst the believers. Because in him was us. So when he died, it was us that was dying. That old man died when Jesus died. That struggle, that addiction died when Jesus died. This is the gospel of salvation. This is what we need to preach. And so when he was buried, that old man was buried. And so when he rose again from the grave, it was you, it was a new person who was raised up from the grave. The Bible says, if the spirit arose just right from the grave, come upon you, you kick in your water body, the spirit, the, the, the power that rose Jesus Christ from the grave, the moment you believe in him, the Bible says, that power is given unto you. And that same power will raise you up from the weakness that you're experiencing, from the addiction, from the way of life that you're experiencing. And then that same power will make you a son of God. That same power will empower you, will make you a son of God, will make you extraordinary. This is the gospel of Christ, friends. This is what we, we, we should be sharing. We shouldn't just be putting fear in people. This is why it's called good news. The Bible says, after the Holy Ghost had come up upon them, the Bible says, he said, unto, he said unto them to go and become witness to him in Judea, in Samaria, in other parts of the earth. They were witnesses to him because they had experienced the power of God. The gospel is not, the, is not in words. The Bible says in the manifestation of power. So if you're preaching the gospel, you need to also preach the effect of the power of God in your life. You're not just preaching what Jesus had done. You're preaching its effect in your own life. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? And this is what the gospel is about. So the gospel of salvation is talking about the significance of the life of Jesus, his death and his resurrection. What does it mean to it? How does it apply to me? The Bible says, you see what in the beginning was the word, the word was God, and the word was God, and the word was made flesh. Jesus was made flesh, and he came on earth 
to die so that the power in the flesh that has restricted us and kept us bound in sin, he, he can break the power and then give us an ability to live a life beyond the power of death and the power of hell. When Jesus came to die, he came to destroy the power of hell and the power of death, giving us a life that cannot be restricted by hell and death. That is called eternal life. In other words, we call it Zoe, the life of God. So Jesus died to give us the life of God. This is the gospel that we need to preach. He died to give us the life of God. A life that will never come to an end. An endless life. This is something to rejoice about. So anybody who has received Jesus, who, who believes in Jesus, will receive this kind of life and will never die. Will never die. After your time on earth, you're just going to transit to eternity and you will never die. You will live forever. That's what the Bible says. As many who us believe him, to them, he has, the Bible says, as many who believe him will not perish. You will never die when you have everlasting life. Let me tell you some of the things that guarantees our salvation. A couple of things that guarantees our salvation. Number one is the Holy Spirit. One of the seals. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, that the Holy Spirit is the seal of promise. Till the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit was given unto us as a seal to validate that we have been redeemed and that we have been set apart. We have been called out as God's chosen people. That is what the Holy Spirit does in us. He is a seal. So when you, you give a life to Christ, you believe in Jesus and you believe, give a life to Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit on your inside as a seal. As the power of God. The, the This power of God, this seal helps you to live up to God's standard. And this seal also guarantees you. It gives a proof. It's an evidence that you will never die again. Oh, this is this is such a good news. The Bible also says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, it says, he, he that has begun a good thing, it says, he is faithful to finish it. He that has begun a good thing, he is faithful to finish it. Talking about our salvation, Salvation is God's God's work that has been that has been that has started and must be completed. It has it's a guarantee that He will complete. He is too faithful to complete it. So the moment you receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, get ready. It you must be the work must be completed. The Bible also says that Jesus said that all that my Father has given to me, I have not lost one. I will not lose one. It says, I, I have not lost and I will not lose one. I think this is the book of John chapter 10 and verse 28. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Do you see this? What Jesus has come to give us is that the Bible says no one can take it out of our hands. No one can take endless life out of your hands. You will live forever. As long as you believe Jesus died for you. Jesus took your place when he died. It was you that died. When he was buried, it was you that was buried. When, now he's alive. It is you that is a new man being alive. It is you that has become alive, a new man. He says, if you believe this, no man can snatch your life away. No man can snatch your salvation away. Listen, in Christ, you are a new person. You are not who you used to be anymore. This is what is. This is what we, are, we need to understand. I'm just trying to explain to you what the gospel what the gospel of Christ actually means, what the gospel of salvation actually means. So when you go preaching to people, this is what you preach to them. 
The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Now any man who is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. All things are passed away. Who you used to be had died when Jesus died. The lies that you used to lie has died. Even if you still feel like you are lying right now, you are still lying right now, it does not cancel out the efficacy of what Jesus had done. Listen, that, that you have been given a check, that money, you have been given a check and there is the money in the account that you have been given and the check is given to you and that you have not gone to the bank does not mean that does not cancel out the fact that that money is not yours that money is yours already because the check is written in your name the money is yours but that you have not gone to the bank does not mean it's not yours so even if you have issues you are still lying you're still struggling with addictions and all of those things what you need to know is to believe the problem is not your addiction the problem is with your conviction you need to be convinced that you, your former person, your former man has died when Jesus died. Your former personality was buried when Jesus was buried. And the person you are now is a new man. And you need to be convinced of it. You need to be consistently reminded of it. You need to remind yourself of it consistently. And then you need to renew your mind from who you used to be. You need to experience regeneration with time. Through the word of God. You need to renew your mind. And so when you renew your mind towards who you are now in Christ. All of a sudden. Who you used to be. Will totally disappear. All of a sudden the Holy Spirit will, will take over your appetite. And the urge you used to have will totally disappear. What we should be glad about. What we should be concerned and focused about. Is who we are in Christ. And we are in we, we are God's new creation in Christ. We are a new species that has never existed in Christ. That is who we are. That is who we are. So if there is something that is negative, that negates who you truly are in Christ, what do you do? Yield more to the power of God that has already been given to you. The Bible says in the book of Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13, it is him it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 12, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What this means, it didn't say work for your salvation. It said to work out your salvation. That means your salvation is already given to you. But what you need to do is to work it out. That means it, was, it is inside, bring it out. That is yield to it. That is believe in it. That is accept it. And how do you work it out? You don't work it out by your strength. You don't work it out by just mere discipline. Of course, mere discipline is very important too. But you don't work it out by mere discipline. Verse 13 says that the Spirit of God worketh in you to will and to do of His good pleasure. So it is the Holy Ghost that helps you work out your salvation. So what do you need to do when you've, you are saved and you are still struggling with addiction, you are still struggling with tobacco, still, what you need to do is to yield to the Holy Spirit now. Submit, surrender to the Holy Spirit to help change your desires. The Holy Spirit will not help change your will. The Holy Spirit will not help change your, your motive. It is the Holy Ghost that will not help you to work out. To work the will of God. To work out the will of God. So he worketh in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. So the Holy Spirit is the one 
that you need to yield to and many people are, must have been, might be asking and thinking how am i going to allow the holy spirit work simple pray more in the spirit as you receive the holy ghost pray more in tongues as you receive the holy ghost give your more attention to the word of god set your affection the bible says on the things that are above if you have been translated from the life of the life on your life on earth or translated from a life of hell and death to a life of heaven it means your attention should be in heaven your affection should be on the things above so you have to set your affection on the things above so begin to think more on the things of god consciously put your your mind or focus your mind on god consciously and when this is done you know that you are ready for a new life in christ Hallelujah. Glory to God.